Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. In this episode, we're going to continue our conversation about the importance of fatherhood, part six. But first, a quick quick recap. Uh, In part one, we talked about the generational curses uh, and how our behaviors are all learned behaviors. And those generational curses could start, you know, four or five generations prior to our father or a man in the family or even a woman in the family somewhere in our family line has eaten of the fruit of pornography or alcoholism or addiction or you know or overeating several different different uh, generational curses can occur we also talked i also gave a definition of honor respect and obey just to clarify what those mean when it comes to honor your father and your mother we talked about what a father is it's a provider a nourisher a protector and more and how women are the greatest sufferers of the lack of a father Then in episode two, we discussed the qualities of a good father, how fathers provide character, fathers provide language and beliefs, and you can repeat, and can you repeat, can you repeat what your father said and much more. Then in episode three, we discussed the power of a father, how fathers instill behaviors and character in boys who become men. We also talked about how ladies don't marry men, they marry histories. And how fathers transfer self-worth. In part four, we continue the conversation about self-worth. And in part five, we talked about how fathers give standards. And we began the conversation about generational fathering. And in this episode, we will continue the generational fathering and we'll close out the episode. So when we talk about generational fathering, we look at John twenty seventeen. It says, Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to your God and to my God. Notice how Jesus puts father before God in this statement, in the scripture. He wants you to know God as father more than as God. The one question we got, can you recommend your father to father others? I know that my real father, before he passed away, I could definitely recommend him. But my stepfather, I would never recommend to father other, other, other children. He had his own demons and he lived with them and never did anything about them. And uh, not only did he molest me, he molested several other people. Two of his, two of his grandsons he molested as well. Can your children recommend you? That's that's another important thing. Can your children recommend you? And that's what we should all be striving for as fathers, that our children can say, my dad was great and you give me a lot of wisdom. And I, you know, I don't know if you know any kids like this, but oftentimes 
some of your your son's boy friends some of your son's friends might be hanging around you and your dad all the time because their father's not around and your father hopefully will be giving them the wisdom that they deserve so you know it, it can you recommend your father the father of their other children and the other children want to be around you and, and your father john twenty twenty one against jesus said peace be with you as the father has sent me i am sending you peace be with me as the father has sent me i am sending you but my, what jesus is saying here is that my father did a good job and i just hoping that i did as good a good of a job with you as my father did with me my father has sent me i send you so pass on the good the good statutes the good behaviors the good uh qualities of a, of a, of a good father as my father has done to me now i'm going to pass those on to you to become the best father that you can be sometimes what that takes is having a really strong mentor in your life that can walk with you through through all these uh, situations and um, be there for you it, that's what it took for me my father died my stepfather was not a father at all but i had some mentors in my life that were absolutely phenomenal and they're the, they're the ones that really saved my life and, and and made me a better man when we look at proverbs fifteen twenty. it says a wise son brings joy to his father but a foolish son is grief to his mother. Notice the difference between joy means pride. Joy means pride. And grief means depression. A wise son brings joy to his father, brings pride to his father, but a foolish son is grief to his mother. Grief to his mother. Think about that. There's two different responses. When a son does well, the father brags. When a daughter does well, the father takes photographs. He puts the pictures everywhere. And the mother, she just enjoys it. The mother, she just enjoys it. She just sits back and just lavishes the, the, the glory of her children, being wise and being smart. Dad's the one that does all the bragging. Dad's the one that sticks his chest out and is proud. Look at my kids, how proud I am of them. Look at my, my daughter, she's such a great mother. And mom just sits back and she takes it all in. I can, I can speak from experience on that one because that's exactly how we do it. But the father brags, that's my boy and that's my girl. Mom just sits back, enjoys it with a big smile on her face. Smile in her heart. Dad sits back. Says, That's my boy. That's my girl. Again, Proverbs fifth, Proverbs ten one through two. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value. There is no joy for the father of a godless fool. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value. 
we kind of forget about the ill-gotten uh, treasures. But those prideful moments we'll never forget. With, with all my kids, I can, I don't hold on to their negative stuff, but I certainly remember all their, their, their accomplishments, all that. I don't, I don't like to dwell on the negative of my children's life. I like to, I like to dwell on the good parts of my children. We've all, we've all fallen. We've all failed. And I don't even like using the word fail because when we fall, it's not a failure. When we fall, it's a learning opportunity. And we need to look at it that way. Help our children stand back up. Men or boys or girls, help them stand back up and just sit down and talk with them about what happened in a loving way. Help them break down the situation. Help them work through it. Come up with a different solution for the next time they run into the, whatever it was that they tripped on. So that maybe the next time, instead of tripping, instead of tripping, they're 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 going to walk through it with their heads held high and come out on the other side a winner. Proverbs seventeen twenty one says, "To have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the father of a godless fool." Again, it's just repeating what that Proverbs ten one one through two says. So why don't we do this? Let's reverse that scripture for a minute. Okay. So it says, To have a fool for a daddy brings grief to a son and sends him to prison. Hmm. Interesting, huh? There's no joy for the son whose father is a fool. Think about that. To have a fool for a daddy brings grief to a son. Dad don't care about me anyways. I don't understand why, you know, what I'm doing wrong. And it sends that son to prison. And I, and I know a lot of stories like that. 82% of men in prison are because of what we call fatherless fathers. We all have fathers, but a fatherless father, an absentee father. There's no joy for the son whose father is a fool. You got to take that to heart. I mean... My stepfather was a fool, and I had no joy in my heart as a kid growing up. I had a lot of depression, a lot of uh, feelings of worthlessness and, and shame. There was no joy in my heart growing up. I really didn't achieve joy probably until the last, I don't know, three or four years of, of, of my life. I've been working towards it for a long time, but I probably didn't achieve it until the last three or four years of my life. So if you look at that scripture, when we reverse it, to have a fool for a daddy brings grief to his son and sends him to prison. There is no joy for the son whose father is a fool. They both lose. Dad and son both lose. A wise son brings joy to his father. And in a situation where when we reverse that scripture, I think the best that we can hope for is that somehow the son finds joy, and maybe not through his father because his father's a fool, but can find find joy somewhere and still love his father. I'm a wise son of God, and today I see that reflection in all my children. I see 
my wisdom, my strength, and my courage in all my children. I see my transparency in all my children today, my vulnerability in all my children today. Sometimes I have to draw it out of them, but it's there. Because the, when we talk about looking at the joy and the, and the accomplishments of our children instead of the, the, the wrongdoings or the negative, that's exactly what my children do today with me. Is they don't, they don't look at the 16 years, 15 years prior to being sober and getting in recovery. They look at dad today. They see what dad's doing today. And they're proud of me. And they're emulating what I've been doing for the last 15, 16 years. They don't care about the past. It's over with. All they care about is today. It took a while to get there, but like I think I said in the last in the last episode, they told me, Dad, you were a great dad. You just there's a time and period of life where you just struggle. And we understand where your struggle came from today. And that's that brings joy to me because you know, my children, that tells me my children are empathetic and compassionate. You know, there's a, there's an incident that happened in my life, and, and I really believe this could have gone south if I wouldn't have handled it the way I did it. And I was six months sober when I did this. And my son Garrett was a was a great ball player. I played a little bit of college ball. I played was playing in a, a wooden bat league up in Wyoming, and my wife and I would fly up there often to I mean often to watch him. We flew up there one weekend and. He had a double header going. He was just, he just, I just like watching him play. You know, he was a good ball player. You know, he fit right in with everybody. He, he was on a, a team that was a lot of good ball players. And as the game got over, I went up to say hi to him. Him and his girlfriend were there, and he walked up to me and he said, "Dad, I need to talk to you." I says, "Okay, what's up?" He goes, "This is going to be the last year that I play ball, Dad." And I was kind of set back and shocked. But I looked at him. I says, "Okay, um, why, why, why is it that you gonna make this your last season?" He said, "You always taught us that if we quit having fun on the ball field and we lost the love of the game, it was time to walk off the field." And actually, Coach Murphy from ASU is the one I heard that from. When my son said that, there was nothing I could retaliate with because that's exactly what I taught him. And a lot of the kids that we coached, that's exactly what we said to him. So I said to my son, first of all, I just want to make sure that you're 100% positive that this is what you want to do. I want to make sure that I want you having no regrets down, down the line. There's no doubt I thought about it. And he goes, look at that. There's a lot of good ball players on this team right now, and none of us are getting looks by, by the big leagues at all. I says, okay, fair enough. So I just want you to be sure that this is what you want to do. He goes, no, it, it is. I says, okay. I says, son, look it. This is your life. You're an adult. And I, I don't care what you do in life. I just want you to be happy. That's all I really care about is your happiness. If you just decide that you want to be a professional sh- shoe salesman, then be it and just be the best that you can be. But I just want you to be happy in life. You know, and my dream was for him to play major league ball because my, my 
baseball got career cut short because of my, my abuse. And I was, in some ways, was was reliving my childhood through him when it comes to that baseball. So I could have gone south really easily. <laughs> Excuse me. But instead, it was his life. And I honestly believe that that was a defining moment in our relationship. Because if I would have pushed the subject and got crazy mad because he was going to quit playing ball, it could have ruined our relationship. But instead, because... Yes, I was disappointed. I, I, I won't lie about that, but it was his life. And, and I, my son was smart enough to make the choices that he needed to make. He was an adult. And uh, he's doing great today. He works for a water district out here. And he's been work, work, working with him for five years now. He's got a family. And all my children are like that today. I don't judge them. I, I don't. I'm there for them if they need to talk. Have we had our issues? Yeah, we have. Both my sons and my daughter. Yeah, we've had our issues. Absolutely. That, that's just part of life. But we've been able to work through them in love. So Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not aggravate your tr- children or they will become discouraged. They will become discouraged. Fathers, do not frustrate your children. And how do we do that? One way that we do that, to be honest with you, one way we do that is by saying one thing and doing another. Right? By 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 being hypocritical. By you know loving others more than we love our own children. But telling our children not to lie, but yet we're caught in lies all the time. That's discouraging to our children. It's biblical. Do not provoke your children to anger. My stepfather was famous for that. I mean, he was so full of anger and rage and hate inside of him, and he just projected all that on me, and I was always angry at him. I didn't want to be around him or my mother because I wasn't showing love. So... Be careful. Don't provoke your children to anger. Because do you want your children, do you want your son, do you want your daughter to love you out of fear or out of respect? And if you answered fear, you need to do some deep soul searching. I want my children to respect me out of love. See, that that, that incident in Wyoming in baseball, I could have put the fear in him, my son, and he would not never talk to me again. Instead, I loved, I loved him through it. I said, you know what, son? I love you no matter what. This is your life. I'm here to support you no matter what you do. It doesn't mean that we're always going to agree with our children. It doesn't mean that they're always going to do the right thing. But don't provoke your children to anger. That's, that's, why would you want to do that? Think about the times your parents might have done that to you. How did it make you feel? And so you feel it's okay to, to inject that into your children? That's wrong. Absolutely 100% wrong. You know, the, the statement, do as I say, not as I do, wrong thing to say to your children. Period in the conversation. They're going to do as you do. They're going to look at you when you say stuff and they go, yeah, right. You're telling me not to do this, but yet I see you doing it all the time. I mean, that doesn't work that way. We need to be an example 
not only with our words, but more importantly with our actions to our sons and to our daughters. Proverbs 28, 24 through 25 says, Anyone who steals from the father and mother and says, what's wrong with that, is a partner of him who destroys. If you destroy the root, you kill the tree. Destroy the root, you kill the tree. Right? What are you stealing from the father and the mother? Are you a partner to, to him that destroys? You're you're establishing as parents, we are we are the roots, the foundation of our children's life. And we don't want our children to steal from your foundation. We want them to be able to be grounded. Like in the redwood forest, if you ever notice that the redwoods are planted or they're growing really close to each other, you never really hear about redwoods falling other than when they rot out. That's because all their roots are intertwined with each other. They hold each other up. They support each other with their root system. And that's what we want to do as parents. We want, to, we want our children to be intertwined with healthy roots so that they won't fall. And if they, if, they, if they struggle, we're going to be there to hold them up. That's our job as parents, not to tear our children down, but to build our children up, period. We destroy the father, the root, then there is the root, then there is no good fruit that bears from the tree, which is the son. Destroy the father, the root, then the root, then there is no good fruit that bears from the tree, which is the son. Remember, you're bringing up fathers. So even though your father might not have treated you with the best of respect and most of respect, that doesn't mean you should do that with your child. We want to bring up our children, our sons, our daughters, to be strong roots for their family. Just because, you know, you might have grown up as I did in a family that had no solid roots. We were just wavering all the time. And, you know, there was nothing to hold me up when I fell because when I fell, I just got kicked down even lower. And I've talked to several men that that's exactly what's happened to them. What do you expect? Everybody's gonna fall. You know, we're going to look at our children. Am I a failure as a father? Look at my child. I always say this, and, 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 and I'm going to say this in general terms, and I know that not all parents are like this, but, you know, when I hear what's wrong with children today, mom and dad go look in the mirror. Mom and dad go look in the mirror. There lies a the problem. And that's, I know people are going to go, they might even click off right now. That's fine. But the truth is the truth. It starts right here in our home. Respect the root and you respect the fruit. So do you want your sons to respect you? Because you want to build them up to respect. Respect you out of love, not out of fear. So that you're producing that good fruit. Because if you respect the root, if you respect yourself as a father, I mean, in that, on the surface, you might say, yeah, I do. I'm a great father, whatever. But this is going to take some really deep soul searching. 
and then looking at your looking at your at your son or your daughter, am I really a good father? Are my children struggling in life? Am I being a, a godly representation of a father? Because if you are, then you're going to produce good fruit in your son or your daughter, and then your son and your daughter will produce good fruit. They're going to go through whatever they go through in life, period. That's going to happen. You could, you could give them the best upbringing, godly, whatever, and they still might venture off a little bit. I did it for 38 years. And all, but they always say you come back to God, and I, and I did come back to God, even though I had a mother and stepfather that pushed me away from God. I came back. And also, there is no perfect father on earth except our father in heaven, God. And he's not even on earth. But if we can emulate what God did, just work on being the best um, the best image of what God created as a father to Jesus. That's what we want to look at, the father-son relationship that they have. I mean, God for so loved his son that he gave him up for us. His only son he gave up on the cross. That was an act of love. And that's that's hard to imagine. But at what, are, at what cost, what are you willing to give up for your, for your son today? What are you willing to give up to help your son become a better, a, a better man? Help your daughter become a, a better woman, a better father, a better husband. A better wife, a better mother. We have a big responsibility as men on how we teach our children. The father and a pastor, I'm not perfect. And that's why my children, both biological and spiritual, need to protect me. I need, I need my biological and spiritual children to protect me, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I need them to water me. I need them to nurture me. And most importantly, I need them to cover me, and I need them to pray for me in order for, for me to continue to bear good fruit. Those that are close to me, my spiritual children, the children, they know what I go through. They know the spiritual attacks that I have on a daily basis. They understand them. They don't look at me like, what's wrong with you? They understand them. They understand what I do. And there's some, some of them are constantly praying for me. I need that in my life. Because if I, if I, if I didn't have their covering, what I'm doing in life, the enemy absolutely hates and despises. And so he's trying to destroy me however he can. So I'm attacked pretty much on a daily basis. So without the covering and prayers of my spiritual children, my children, my leaders, I'd be in real trouble. Can you say that you pray for your children and that God protects them and covers them? That's important. It's really important. Because especially in today's world, we need as much of much as of God in our lives as we can get because everybody's taking them out of society and the reality is is that God's still right here he ain't he's not going nowhere 
But you see what's happening in this world. And when we say we need to take God out of school, and we take God out of our government, and we, they're destroying the, 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 the importance of God. It's destroying our world, which is going to destroy our children. Exodus 25 says this, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations for, of those who love me and keep my commandments. The generational curses. It stopped with me. My mother had a, was, was very, very much uh, an abusive background. Her brothers and her, and her father molested her. They were alcoholic. My stepfather, even though he's not my biological father, an extremely dark and abusive background. And I can remember 20-some years now, now it's like 37, probably 40 years ago now, or somewhere around 37, 40 years ago, I can remember talking to my wife one day, and I'm saying, man, I, I was frustrated with my abuse and said, why didn't God just take me that day that I was lying dead on the ground? And before I could finish the, the sentence, God spoke to me and says, because you're going to break the chain of abuse in your life, in your family, in your history. But not only in your history. He didn't say this to me. It's, it's become quite aware to me since then. that Not only are you going to break it in, 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 in my family, but I'm going to break that chain in a lot of families. So that love has come back to me. Just because it was in the generations before me doesn't mean it's got to continue. And maybe I am the seventh generation. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter what generation. All I know is that God called me to help break the generational curse that was in my family. Help break that, that the, the chains of abuse, the chains of, of alcoholism, to do the best I could to break those chains. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that my children get to see a father that's, that's changing, that they can see that change is possible. Anything's possible, believe me. Anything's possible, especially with Christ. Exodus 34, 7 says, Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Now, this is for the fathers, not the mothers. This is for, it's funny how, 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 this, how this goes about, but he's talking about the fathers, not the mothers in this, in this scripture. The fathers are the one that create the generational curses. The fathers determine the future. The seed of the righteous is blessed. And the seed of the unrighteous is cursed. So the Father plays a huge, huge part in all this. And then in closing out this, one, it's really important to touch on one thing. that The impact of sex uh, on a woman from a man. Remember I told you that women aren't marrying men, they're marrying histories. Okay? A psychologist who was born who who is who was born again, a theologian and a sociologist, and this is true. They stated this after after years of research. It says when men have sex with a woman, they are not only transmitting sperm into the womb, they are transmitting their history. 
Men always want to go back to the room. Always want to go back into the room. When we when we have sex, when we have intercourse, general intercourse, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going back into the room. And that's why there's uh, prostitutes have have such messed up lives and and other people as well, is that every time that they have sex with a different man, all of his DNA, all of his history is being transmitted with that seed into that womb. So you can imagine over the period of time what's going to happen to this woman. You can imagine the, the history that she's going to be carrying around that's not even hers. So she's got her own history, which is bad enough if she's being a prostitute. So, the fathers, remember this. Your role is huge in your children. Absolutely huge. We have to continually be on our guard about what, how we're teaching our children. Because it's us who make them who they are. We are the ones. We are the ones. That give them the love. We are the ones that show daughters how they are to be treated, how, 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 how they are to be treated by men. How are you treating your wife? We are the ones that are, are teaching our daughters that it's not okay to abuse them. It's not okay to call your, call your wife names. not okay to hit your wife. Ladies that are to be treated like daughters of God. And we're teaching our boys how to be, be, be good husbands and good fathers as well. I, I often ask our couples when we sit down sometime along the course, I'll ask them, so if God was to sit down with you right now, and my, I mainly go to the men, my wife would do it to the women, but if God was here right now and he looked at you and says, so I have one question and one question only for you. How have you treated my daughter, the daughter that I gave to you to love, to honor, to protect? My precious daughter, how have I treat how have you treated her? Talking about your wife. How could you answer that question? I would hope. I would hope that it's a good answer. I would hope you could say, you know, God, I made some mistakes early on in our marriage, but I've rectified those. I've asked for forgiveness. And here I am today. I treat her, I treat her, I hold her up. I treat her like a queen, like the daughter that she, like the wife that she is, like, the, like your daughter. That's how I treat her today. Now we'll do the same thing for the wives and the husbands. So that's what we want to teach our sons. We want to show them how to treat our how to treat women, how to treat people, how to how to be a contributing member of society. They need to learn all that, and they're going to learn it from us and us alone. So I hope um, you all got something out of this six-part series. I know it struck me when I was doing my research and watched some of the videos that I watched to get some of the research from. It really hit home with me, so I, I just pray that it enlightened you a little bit. Um, 
about fatherhood, the importance of it, and how affect, how we affect our children, how we teach our, our, our children, we give our children love. Mom's the nurturing, mom loves them also, but mom's the nurturing part of the relationship. And we're, we're the men, we teach them, we show them what love is all about. We show them respect, we give them their character, we give them their self-worth, we give them all of that. So I just pray that this gave you a little bit of insight not if you have to make some changes you will if you need any guidance with any of this you, you can reach out to me changeyourlifestorynow.com changeyourlifestorynow.com i do life coaching and inner healing work uh, you can also check out our our, our foundation thecourageoushealers.org the courageous healers foundation we help uh, men and, and, and their families heal from the scars of sexual abuse and we also work with women and that in that arena as well. You can also get my books, Healing the Wounded Child Within on Amazon. That book is in paperback, Kindle, and Audible. You can also get my 30-day devotional to wholeness. That's on, on Amazon and Kindle and on paperback. paperback. And then um, the seven-day challenge, which is a company workbook with my book, Accompanying workbook to healing the wounded child within. That's also on Amazon, but that's only in paper book. So be sure to like and subscribe to my my, my podcast page. I want to keep this going. So and remember this: that if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. But more importantly, God does. Everybody, be blessed. Have a super good day, evening, whatever it is, wherever you're watching this. I love you. Bye. This has been the Healing Courageously podcast introduction. Be sure to join us every Monday as we journey down the road to our happy destiny together. Also, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We look forward to our time together.